Hello and welcome back to another episode of AI Daily. I'm your host, Connor, joined by Ethan Farr. We have another three great stories for you guys coming today. First up, we have Disco, Disentangled Control for Referring Human Dance Generation in the Real World. It's a collaboration between Nadi Yang Technological University and Microsoft Azure AI. Basically, you can upload a photo of any person in a foreground, any background, and then any target pose to move their body, um, usually generated by something like open pose. And then it can generate a whole new frame of them in an entirely different position. And they showed some pretty cool demos where if you string this together, you can get an entire like TikTok dance of any person doing any type of dance. Farb, this looks highly realistic. This looks really good in my opinion. What do you think about it? It's really fun to check out. Uh, they have a little demo that doesn't have the video working yet in the demo. <clears throat> you know, I, I thought their vi videos were, they certainly weren't convincingly that person dancing, a lot of artifacts, at least from what I saw. In less than a year from now, this will be photorealistic, video realistic. I have almost zero doubt about that. It may be in a month, quite frankly. It's not quite there yet, but it's super impressive. And I, like I said, I think this sort of thing is going to be dominating social media in not too long. So these, these may be the folks that are the ones. We'll see if anyone else can catch up to them and we'll see how quickly they get ahead. Honestly, it reminds me of early stable with a fusion. Yes, if you blow it up, yes, if you really look at it, there are some artifacts, but it's small on your screen. If the video is kind of grainy, you can't see it up. Oh, it looks realistic. The actual like, movements themselves. Yeah, um, the movements are very realistic, natural looking. Very natural, very, very high quality. Ethan, what do you think about it? Yeah, poses and compositionality is, you know, very difficult in this domain. So I think Farb nailed it in terms of at the end of the day, we're going to see these artifacts get removed in the future and we're going to see the actual video be of higher quality. But in terms of being able to estimate poses, it nails it. So really cool to see. Yeah. And of course, if we think back to like when like the Pope and the white puffer went viral, it's little, little artifacts here and there don't really matter if people aren't looking for them and the overall yeah. picture looks realistic. So yeah. yeah. Very exciting though. Disco. We'll see where it goes. We'll see what Disco 2 brings us. Next up, we have uh, introducing super alignment from OpenAI, uh, a new alignment team from OpenAI led by Ilya Sutskiver and Jan Laika. Uh, OpenAI themselves are dedicating 20% to try to solve super alignment. They're comparing normal alignment to normal AI intelligence, and now super alignment will be their solution to super intelligence and aligning super intelligence. They're very concerned about it. In their intro, they said, uh, the vast power of superintelligence could also be very dangerous and could lead to the disempowerment of humanity or even human extinction. So they're sounding like they're taking this pretty seriously. Ethan, what do you think about it? Yeah, you know, the goal to use AI to help in AI alignment is fascinating. You know, at the end of the day, they, just like you said, from a philosophical angle, they believe, and I think most people deeply in the space believe that, hey, we need to align superintelligence when it comes and we want to align our current models too. So they're putting some real weight behind it to build this kind of automated alignment researcher, as they call it. 20% of their compute is nothing to scoff at. They're going to build an amazing team around it. And yeah, it's a philosophical problem. It's a technical problem. And we'll see how they solve it. Yeah, they said they believe superintelligence could arrive within the decade. Uh, far yeah. what do you think about this prediction? What's your opinion on This is a, a really difficult needle to thread. And I think they're doing a, about as good a job as you're going to do. There is the rhetoric that you have out there in the world. There is how you actually think about it. They're never quite the same. 
Uh, and then there's actually what you can do about it, which is different from both the rhetoric and what you even think about it. It is not an easy situation to navigate and they are doing it, uh, I, I think, re really effectively. They're being honest you know, about what their plans are, what they're thinking, uh, how they want to approach it. They are taking it seriously. They're giving real compute power. 20% of your compute power is an insane amount of compute power to um, devote to any anything. So they're really showing that they care about this. If anyone's going to move the needle here, they're probably a pretty good candidate to do it. I wouldn't be surprised if we see lots of other people uh, getting into it. And I, I think OpenAI would, would happily welcome that. So good luck to them. Good luck to all of us. You know, this is the sort of thing where it's not an all or none thing, although maybe people want to play it as though it is that way. You're going to make improvements. You're going to provide some rails. And just like things can go wrong with any uh, technology that is potentially damaging, you're never going to mitigate 100% of all potential issues here, but you probably can mitigate a lot of them. So you should. And that looks like the approach they're taking. Yeah, on, on a more technical side, um, of course, ChatGPT itself was fine-tuned through reinforcement learning human feedback, but it seemed like they found that that couldn't really scale to alignment in how they wanted it. Yeah. Ethan, how does this compare to what we've seen with Anthropic and their constitutional AI? And how does that different? And is this leaning more towards that? I think it's just a call out that, hey, constitutional AI might not work and we're still trying to figure out all the technical possibilities here, all the possible scientific solutions. So they're just saying, hey, we're going to dedicate some real team and compute behind this. And we're not sure what it is yet, but we're going to go figure it out. Um, you know, some of the other players might already have constitutional AI or want to try to scale human feedback. But they're saying, you know, honestly, we're not sure yet and we're going to go figure it out. I think it's a lofty goal and I'm excited to see what comes out of it. Absolutely. The battle of the AIs is coming. There will be the good AIs fighting against the bad AIs and mm -hmm. the, the good ones are better than the bad ones. Well, yeah. and of course the winning AI will write the history book saying that it was the good AI. So. Absolutely. Last up today, we have chat law, which is an open source kind of legal large language model with integrated external knowledge bases. So a little bit similar to Bloomberg GPT and FinGPT that we've seen and talked about before. This is a legal LLM, fine-tuned on legal data, um, but it has, it's mostly fine-tuned for Chinese legal data because the entire team, of course, is Chinese. And legal models so far don't really have a good knowledge of that. Far, what do you think about this? They have some interesting new in integrated external knowledge bases. What do you think about that? It sounds like one of the major things that they discovered is you can't just, you know, rely on a vector DB to pull this off. You're just going to be hallucinating your way all the way to jail like that poor guy who uh, used some uh, AI-based stuff in court. I don't think he went to jail, but I think he got fined. And I think, you know, he got pretty well admonished by the judge for bringing in a bunch of false information that he generated from ChatGPT. This is actually a really difficult problem. And obviously the standards for law are, you know, pretty exacting. It's not quite mathematics, but it's certainly not an area where hallucination uh, is going to be okay. So how do you get the hallucination out? Well, maybe you, you know, do keyword uh, searches uh, while using your vector DB to get some improvements there. This is the type of thing where you're probably going to have to cobble together all sorts of solutions to get to something viable you know, may include humans in the loop as well. And, you know, probably the super intelligent AI will 
do a better job of it, but it'll be a while over there. But I think we'll have this solved before then. Yeah, law is a very interesting domain. Um, chat law is open source, which is nice to see. Ethan, what do you think? How do you think vector databases and how do you think uh, keyword search? How do you think this compares versus just a normal Bloomberg GPT? I, I mean, I think they showed that it was more effective. So that's a really cool way of attacking some of these hallucination problems like you both mentioned. And secondarily, I think it just speaks to the breadth of this space. You know, we're seeing a Chinese legal open source LLM. That's something that doesn't fit into OpenAI or Claude or any of the other big players. It's completely different kind of language, completely different fine-tuning data set, and the pieces around it to reduce some of the hallucinations. So I think it speaks to how big the space is as well. Very exciting. Well, those are three stories today. We covered Disco, and then we covered OpenAI's super alignment. And then the last thing now, of course, we just covered chat law. So very exciting. What have you guys been seeing? Far, what have you seen lately? I've been seeing this. Uh, oh, that an AI <laughs> is that an AI cat. It's fully AI. You might like, be, it might be the AI super intelligence we've all been waiting for. I thought Midjourney dropped panning. You know, they did Zoom a little while ago, like last week, probably. I say a little while ago, it was probably three days ago. Uh, they just dropped panning. I went a little ham on Midjourney yesterday, making all sorts of cool July Fourth uh, photos. You know, kids on Mars celebrating July Fourth. All these the images that it created from this set of I was asking it to create people celebrating July 4th at block parties in different parts of the United States. And uh, they are shockingly realistic. Um, I was kind of blown away by it. And I didn't spend a ton of time dialing them in. Maybe it was, you know, 30 minutes or something. And I, I guess I'm, I'm probably more used to writing the, the prompts than, than most people are. But, you know, the, the stuff that comes right out of the gate on mid-journey is pretty fantastic. I, I highly recommend checking it out if you're into the space. You just got to make a little account. It's not too expensive. It does cost some money if you want some of the faster uh, services and, and things like that. But they keep adding stuff to it. And, uh, you know, they're printing money over there. They may be, yeah. also, they may be also lighting it on fire on their, for their GPUs, but it seems like yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they use TPUs, actually, but besides that. Sorry, yeah, TPUs. Yeah. But yeah, be beautiful images, beautiful thread. Um, Far, we'll link your July 4th thread below. Everyone should go check it out. Ethan, what about you? What have you seen? Uh, I saw that Playground raised a new round, 40 million. And, you know, to me, their blog post they put out was actually really, really interesting around this, just speaking on the state of computer graphics. You know, Photoshop and most ways you interact with images are hand-built human algorithms. And the space of AI affecting that, how you deal with pixels, how you build images, how you do spatial relationships, really cool blog post. So we'll link it below and congrats to them for raising around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw a very interesting paper out of Wuhan University. <clears throat> I think we've all heard of Wuhan before so far from the past few years. Yep. Um, but their paper they released was BAT-GPT. I, I think we all get the connection there between bats and Wuhan diseases. Um, they're, they're just full sending it here. Do you, do you know something that we don't know? Uh, you've got definitive proof of uh, what went on over there? I mean, we'd love to see it. I'm sure there's lots of folks. You could call it, we get RFK Jr. on the next episode. You and him can, you and him can figure out all the problems in the world in probably 15 minutes. I, I have no information on this, but the Wuhan University team at least thought it was funny. It works. They got their, we got their coverage. <laughs> Sense of humor, not it. Yeah, it. Uh, I can't wait for the comments on today's episode. It's going to be some good stuff here. And uh, <laughs> also, also, guys in the comments section. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, here. I'm not sure how good the, mo the model is. 
uh, all the benchmarks they measured it on were Chinese benchmarks. But interesting trick they did use, they reversed the sequence uh, order during training. So they got it to predict both the next token and the previous token. Oh, wow. So they flipped the entire data set both in and out so it can predict both ways. Not sure if that actually helps on anything because you want a model to predict the next token and not the previous token, but maybe it did. Either way, bad GPT, we're talking about it. Well done, Wuhan University. That's clever. That's clever. Indeed, indeed. Well, thank you guys for watching today. Another great show. We will see everyone tomorrow and don't forget to like and subscribe. Hopefully we'll see you tomorrow. We may all disappear between now and then. Thanks to thanks <laughs> to my last story. Good luck, everybody. If we, if we never see you again, we loved you and it was a great run. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one.